Welcome to Finding My Yum, a sex-positive podcast celebrating all forms of sexual expression. Each week, we bring on a new guest to share their journey. We talk honestly and openly about what they're into and what sex, kinks, love, and more look like in the real world. I'm Jerry Courtney Austin. And I'm Will Lentz. And we are your hosts. And today we are thrilled to have Nina Joyner, who is the owner of Feel More Adult, which is a, a sex shop that is in Berkeley and Oakland. Um, and yeah, I, I feel really thrilled to share their story. Um, just my overall takeaway was how inspiring this person is uh, in the last episode we really talked about intersectionality um as you know michelle sort of described it as like a person standing in the middle of an intersection and like all the different roads that you can basically get hit by a car right and nina exemplifies so so many intersectional potential obstacles and and beautifully moves through them and not that it it's not difficult and that they haven't come overcome a lot but um it's really inspiring to listen to them talk and um yeah i'm excited to be able to support their shop yeah um i think one of the things that you said that i've been able to notice even just kind of doing a high level edit of it at this point um Mm -hmm. has been uh their attitude and their like kind of positivity and like being like well if this gets gets in the way then I'm just going to go this way and figure it out. And, uh, and yeah, so I think it's, uh, it, it's, it's a great message to have right now. Yeah. And, uh, I think I've been wanting to bring on somebody who owns a sex shop and, and even talk about what that's like in getting, you know, merchandise and, and being a small business owner, especially amongst all of the turmoil that we're in the middle of, of a civil rights revolution and COVID-19 and this person was just the both like the most amazing cross section of both of you know staying positive throughout it and and talking about this really cool like being an example for these communities which are relatively white and and you know they are the the only queer black person who owns a sex shop in these communities particularly and so standing as that example of uh, of a person who is successful and you know followed their passion for what they wanted to do at whatever cost is just really is really fucking cool (laughs) that's a a good way to put it yeah (laughs) yeah uh so without further ado please enjoy Yay! Welcome to Finding My Yum. I'm so excited today. We have Nina Joyner, who is the owner and founder of the adult store Feel More Adult. She has a store in Berkeley and Oakland um, and is available online. Um, And she's the only black-owned sex shop in those areas, which is amazing. And I'm so grateful that you took time to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity. Much appreciated. Yeah. Um, So I'm... I, I love the content that you've been posting and obviously I'm a big fan of dildos and vibrators and anything that brings pleasure and joy um, to, to people to encourage them to explore their sexuality in whatever way makes them happy. Um, yeah, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> 
Perfect. I was getting ready to put things in my mouth and it's like, okay, all right. We are, this is dating it. This is COVID. This is COVID. Yeah, this is COVID. Right. This is right. COVID. We're right. in COVID. Um, so yeah, I'd love to hear, uh, you know, how, how did this become to be a thing? How did feel more adults even start? You know, sometimes I ask myself that question, but uh, <laughs> I, I think the best thing, in addition to the other best thing, the best thing that happened to me was coming up with the name. Mm-hmm. The uniqueness of the name gives it a lot of legs on its own. So I, I think that's the magic of it. Of course, you know, all components, but the, the names I came up with in the beginning, Lord have mercy, like, it was <laughs> just like, you just really were reaching, you know, instead of giving real thought and energy to it. But um, I started, I started to feel more essentially because I didn't see uh, the queer black representation that I wanted to see in the adult business. And when I mean the adult business, you have porn side, you have the novelty side. And so uh, so what I did was I started going to uh, conventions. Well, well the, the thing, and I don't know if people believe me, it doesn't really matter, but I really had a dream that put me into the mindset of I want to open my own shop. And in that dream, after I woke up from that dream, physically woke up from that dream, I actually went to the internet and bought sex products to actually go around town in Oakland and Berkeley in this area to actually sell those products on the street. And um, I love that. Yeah. So, so that was it, but you know, the name hadn't come yet. So, you know, time had passed, the name hadn't come yet. And I was doing something with my uncle in film and television. I shoot porn. So I have television experience. Oh, cool. And, what, what part of porn do you work in on in the production side? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Producing around porn. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And so uh, as we were doing something at Cisco one day, um, they were talking about telepresence. Telepresence is like what we're experiencing with FaceTime, but what they were doing was creating, like just say right now, the screen you're looking at of me is a television or uh, monitor. And you see me talking to you right now, but I'm in one location and you are in another location, but imagine 200 locations I'm responsible for visually and giving people directions and information. So I'm like the virtual host of that place without having, because there's nothing to steal. So you're, you're giving people, you know, you're giving people customer service without the physical person being there. You're cutting down the manpower, the time and all of that. But there, so that showpiece of showing the person there for all these 200 offices, if you will, um, was basically called telepresence. And it was basically giving technology, real-time technology to help people wherever they may be. And um, as we were waiting for their office to become available, all of these offices in this office place were all named after streets in San Francisco. And I was like, you know what? I'm really pissed off. You know, I love San Francisco. I said, but I love Oakland. I live in Oakland. Why is it that Oakland is not famous like why aren't the streets in Oakland famous enough for people to name rooms after it name offices after it you know what I mean you got the Divisadero was one of the names Haight Street was one of the names and we were standing at the Fillmore room and so as I'm there with this heavy sound equipment my uncle is with his heavy camera I'm like he's like just just be patient I was like 
you're not paying me. I'm hungry. Like, you know, <laughs> like you're still my relative and I don't like this. So, um, but as I sat there, I kept looking at the name and I just kept selling, saying, feel more, feel more, feel more, feel more, feel more. I was like, I like that name. And so I went home and I actually looked at the trademarks on the USPTO and I saw that it was a dead trademark and I picked it up. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a cool inception. Uh, so just in terms of like, have you always been involved in like within that space then of like porn and and sexuality and speaking openly like is this something that has been embedded with what you've been doing for a long time uh I I would say that's pretty early on but I would say since I got to the Bay Area you know coming from from born and raised Las Vegas like you the sex education we got was that's a whore you're a slut, you know, that kind of thing. Queer people were people coming out of jails, stuff like that. There was really no celebration around queer identity, lesbian, gay identity, and or sexual revolution. Um, you got a lot of sexy in Vegas just because right at the casino selling fantasies, but there was nothing that were, nothing that people would teach you, you know, inherently in the communities. And, and so, um, in, in doing that, I think it was, for me, I was missing that. And uh, as a kid, I would always see the ABN, you know, in lights, lights, cameras on the billboards, but we could never go down to the, to the strip to see it because one, I'm a kid, but I'm like, what is that? I didn't get it. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, it's just a beautiful thing to now be a part of it and be from Las Vegas, and, you know, so I don't know what, what it's going to look like post COVID, but, um, just having the opportunity to have had it at home where my family can come see me, you know, the reunion part of that, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Uh, so then when you started feel more, um, and like through this dream, was was there a desire? I mean, why why a sex shop then? I have no idea. <laughs> okay. I, I, know, I know God puts put in little kids' heart. Like, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a policeman. I want to be a fireman. Nobody says I want to sell dildos. Like, I think I, more people should honestly say that. <laughs> if we're being honest about it, yeah. As a kid, you're you're having this succession yeah. of what I want to be when I grow up. Nobody says I want to be a prostitute or I want to be. A whore. It's just one of those things no one ever talks about. Um, I, I just think that I think Fillmore is a really a stepping stone for me and I think more is coming my way and, and I'm manifesting that that more is coming my way. I think this is an opportunity for me to talk to people in a transparent way and uh, just as luck or the universe would have it that I'm able to do so much more than just fidget and sex. Right. And so what what is that more look like in terms of the of the story and the trajectory that you're you're looking to go with this? Well, I think the more right now is definitely um, being available, you know, like I think in communities as I'm I'm in downtown Berkeley right now on Shattuck Avenue, where Berkeley High is back that way right across the street at UC Berkeley. And I think People are missing the small business component of business owners being there, being in the community, being on the street saying hello. 
So from what I do and from what I see, I'm probably the only one that'll do that. Mm. And I think that's a, a value because one, as you have high schools here, they get to see uh, maybe this is their indoctrination or exposure to what the sex industry could look like. This is their opportunity to see someone who could potentially look like them as a brown person, but also somebody who shows up just as consistently as they go to school. You know, right. so that that opportunity to extend myself that way. So what I mean more, it's not just this, you know, financial more, it's also about this community more of what am I giving, like uh, doing, you know, homeless feedings in the community, giving things away, having those guys know me as well. Like that's a, that's a value. When I got here in Berkeley, uh, the first people who actually celebrated and say hello to me, the welcoming party were the homeless people. No business owners, no city council, no one I knew, but some of the homeless people uh, knew me from Oakland mm. and they were walking downtown, you know? Yes. And so now it is, now it was that I knew who they were. I knew what their normal routine was when they came in the store. They would just walk around, look at something and leave. Now we don't have books here, but knowing that person gives me Give, allows me to give them space to one, not pity them because they're in a the situation they're in, but also respect them because I know who they are and how they're gonna, you know, interact in my environment. Sure. You know, there, there is no threat. So I think the more we get outside, we lessen the threat of people that can come into our businesses or can come into our, you know, in our in our area. So yeah, I love that. Um, do you offer, particularly talking about? you know, kids and students that are around you. I mean, that feels invaluable to have people, especially you who is the only person in that community, right? That's outwardly there all the time talking about sex, um, advocating for sex and pleasure um, and talking about it differently than I would imagine within the school system. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so have you encountered a lot of students or students coming into the store or having any kind of interaction with that kind of education? Well, between, well, one, they're students. So, you know, right. students, you got to think about it. I'm, sure. yeah, I'm dealing with high school and, and college students. But sure. between Oakland and definitely Berkeley, the high school students always are going to try and run in. That's just their rite of passage. That's what sure. you do. You know, but if I sell it to them, that's something different. Yeah. So, you know, most will always do that freshman walk of go in, go in, you know, see what you can, you know, see just in, in sure. because of how we set things up, there's not much for them to see. Mm -hmm. You know, sex is very particular. It's not for you just because it's there. It's not for you unless it's for you. Right. You know what I mean? So they can't get this big shock because they're coming in. They're like, it's kind of boring. <laughs> but it's for a particular person, you know what right. I mean? It's not for, for your taste. And um, I think I think the main thing is like, I have one uh, queer person come in, they were like, can I come in? I was like, you know, no, you know, you have ID. But no, they came in and you know, it's like their friends push them in and then they came in and then she started giggling. I, I knew she was a high school student. And I was like, um, now that you're here, while you're here, what's your question you get what i'm saying yeah like, why why waste the time 
you have an opportunity to ask me a question right now. What is your question? And they were just floored. They were like, I don't know what to ask. And I think you have an opportunity just because someone encroaches, you still, you know, especially for our high school students, you still have an opportunity to even talk to them. And maybe it's giving them resources in their community because this is a community in Berkeley that my family lived in two blocks up. So I grew up here. So I know where the mental health facilities is for queer kids. You know, I know where the health resources are between UC Berkeley and Berkeley Free Clinic and HIV testing. So what do you need? I know you can't get this, but what, what do you need? You know what I mean? Do you need someone to talk to? I can step outside. What do you need? And um, putting, putting it that way breaks it down, I think breaks it down. And also what we've done is between Oakland and here, we make sure during school time that we're actually outside during that school time, one, so they can't really just run in. But two, we're also putting more context, more faces with the kids that are out there. And they're they're also seeing us as well. Yeah, which which is amazing. And have you – so I I guess just to clarify – because even I didn't think about this, but so can you only purchase sex toys at, is it 18? Is it 21? 18. 18. Uh, And you can't even come in the store unless you're 18. Yeah. Yeah. But when there are some, some of them will have like in Oakland, some are, you got, we got this little cool queer, I think they're going to be really into BDSM queer couple, but they would come in sometimes during lunch. And I was like, well, you guys are more than welcome to come in because I know you're 18. ID, yeah. but by after school, you know what I mean? So like, that's not going back with you to school. And I also want to honor how parents send their children to school to go to school, you know? Right. I guess that, yeah, that was my question is like, have you received like feedback or, or any concerns in the community being close to schools um, or any... (laughs) That shit is always happening. Like okay. when we first started, that was that was that was the thing. They thought I was gonna pimp kids. Like I'm like, this is really really crazy. But what I understood was, community people, citizens, we always have the opportunity to speak up when we know about it. And so people were looking forward. I did, you know, the newspapers talked about it a little bit. So they were looking out for it to be able to come to our planning event, which is with the city to see if they're going to give me access. And they're always coming there and speaking up on the mic. We had agencies that had schools, foster kids, and it was more of an at-risk. It was more feedback or pushback from individuals who dealt with at-risk populations. And dealing with those at-risk populations, they thought that the sex shot would put them more at risk and one of the gentlemen who actually ran one of the at-risk population groups came a couple years later we were walking across the street and i never disrespect anybody because they're not speaking up for me i get it i get it and he said i just want to let you know i do apologize for speaking against you he says but i didn't know your vision he says you everything you laid out you you've held true to it and you've exceeded it so that for me is a foundation that we've we built with consistency to be able to have someone come back and apologize because that is also now I count as an ally. 
You know, if I need to go into another city, open another store in another city, how, who are the people who are going to vouch for me? Sure. And that's important. So going on that, I'd like to get into a little bit more concretely about exactly what you were talking about. So the, so the process of, there are many processes when opening a small business, right? Um, and so I kind of just like to walk through that process of the first store that you opened and what that was like, not only opening it, you opening a sex shop, but also as a, a black owned private sex shop, because I know uh-huh. that those, you know, when we're talking about intersectionality, like, I mean, that that is a lot of different obstacles yeah. to overcome potentially, which you've yeah. done beautifully. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to hear about that process and 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 what you encountered along the way to get to where you are today. Uh, I just think, you know, the, the first intersect is what people see is I'm black. And, you know, I know when you sign up for a loan and things like that, that that may not come into play, but your your zip codes that anyone is looking at can kind of map out who you are, where you are, what the average income is. Like the zip code will actually tell a lot. Yeah. And so um, one of the things I did prior to actually physically starting the store was actually go to other stores to apply to work. Mm-hmm. And I worked in corporate at the time doing technology. So I put on a suit because that's what we learn in black college, you know, learn to put on a suit, go to a job interview. So I put on a suit, went to a job interview at a sex shop because that's what you do. Sure. Like this right here, I wouldn't expect that, but that's what you do. And, yeah. and that's also like how I like people to come to interviews with me, regardless if I'm like this, sure. just to see how ready they are. And so I went and applied to these jobs and didn't get it. And um, I was like, fuck it, like, you know, let's see what, let's see what happens if we do it ourselves. And I think that's the beauty of also being black is that you do hear a lot of stories about how it didn't work, how it turned out, or someone putting, putting, putting their knee on your neck or putting their hand in your way to stop you from getting into a certain place. And so you stop and, and it's not physically that they may be stopping you, that's one way, but even to get to the door, the barriers of fear, tradition of not being, not being black enough or being too black or being in those community spaces that um, blacks aren't in for whatever reason. So we don't go to that department, we go to this department, then we work our way up instead of starting at that department, just like everybody else. So you have to get in. Our, our whole thing was just get in a door. If you just get in there, you can move around, but not just starting out in that place. It was never a start there. Like when I started at Clorox, uh, not many people in technology at the time, help desk and things like that, still very new. And so it was like 90s, you know, Y2K and a couple couple brown people on my my desk, but it was like for the job that I ended up at, if it were open in the beginning, I wouldn't have qualified for it. So I had to get in and work my way, way up which meant that I was starting out with the abilities of this, but the pay of this, doing this, 
Right. But now to get up here, they had to give me an increase. So does someone want to say, we got to give you equitable pay? That was the first time I dealt with equitable pay. It wasn't too much, but it was a lot. It was like a $40,000 jump. Wow. Because they couldn't put me up here with this low of a wage. So they can put me up, but still, I wasn't earning what the other guys were earning. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so just those, those, small, those small undertones, you're like, yeah, but you got a job. Like, no, that's not the job I wanted. I wanted that job. Sure. Qualified for that job. And, you know, and how some people are able to just get the job by right of and be taught the job versus we have to be qualified. So we're seeing this play out right now, not just for brown people, but for all students going to college. At first, it was like, I didn't go to, I didn't have a thought to go to college. Like, I, I so happened to get a blessing from God and, and get into college. Not like I sought it out, filled out any application. I was just playing basketball one day and a, and a, and a coach saw me. So with, with all of, with all of the, the might of, I got to study for this test, apply to this school. They're not, you know, they're not going to take me. What's the percentage of blacks? What's the percentage? How close is it? Does my family have any money? All of these things that we really have to kind of think about to now what's happening is schools are saying, even Harvard, like, you don't need that. We just want to take you. And so how does that make, how does that make me feel even as a person who never thought about school because I wasn't good at tests? How does it, how does it make a person feel, even feel who actually did the test got in? How does that, because here's this initiation thing, like I'm better than you didn't do this. Now people are going to say, oh, well, that was when they didn't give the test. Oh, I got this on the test. It doesn't even matter. The point is, People are qualified from day one. It's sure. how you train them and you teach them that really makes a difference. Sure. Yeah, education, access to education has been shown time and time again to have widespread impacts on communities yeah. and ability. Um, but not to mention, I mean, I, I, I so appreciate you sharing what you are about about your struggle and how how much further down the chain you had to start in order to even get to the place where white like white people like myself and fellow you know more privileged like privileged people have the opportunity to just walk right in mm-hmm. um so in terms of starting this particular business so you didn't get you weren't able to work at other sex shops that were open mm-hmm. um and so you decided to start your own. So then, uh, I mean, was the process, what was that first step to even figuring out how to get a loan? Um, and I, I, I don't even understand like starting from a, a lower place in order to get into the community that you, right. that you want, if you could expand on that. Right, right. So how I started was, yeah, I decided to just open my own, but that was also with manifesting. Sure. You know, um, change your thinking, change your life, manifesting what you want. And it was like, okay, well, here I am with these two boxes of products, movies and products. I can go out there and start selling them. And, and essentially, I started my own store already. Right. So not taking it as a negative because I didn't have a physical space, but that this was also how I took ownership of this, this space that gave me gave me the feel of to go, you know, keep, keep going. And in, in visualizing 
it allowed me to make mistakes, see where the money is coming from, because I didn't get a loan in the beginning. I actually um, had 95% of the money. I had about 90% of the money. And uh, I went around to friends and families. I drove from the Bay back down to Las Vegas, stopped here, there, and there. And I came back to Oakland and I was talking to a mentor of mine, Joni Blank, who started Good Vibes. She was like, I was like, man, I'm just, just like this, I'm in the air. I'm like, man, I was like, what is this friends and family? I'm like, black people don't have that. Like, everybody, everybody is so close to the vest with the money. It's like, how do you, how do you get this? And she says, well, why didn't you ask me? I was like, what? She's like, why didn't you ask me? Not to say I didn't count her as a friend, but I didn't, you, you just gotta go. You know what I mean? Right. Like you can't just ask the first person that's in front of you. And I didn't think it was her place. You know what I mean? They talked about this friends and family. So I, I sought out to see what it was about. And in, in, in just treating her with kindness and respect in her, I, I believe seeing what I was about and also just more so her philanthropic just mindset and also giving to the community all she already did with many businesses. Uh, she actually pulled out her checkbook right there and wrote us a check for the store. Wow. And I was able to use that part of the money to buy a little bit of inventory, but also use it for contractors to get those guys paid because I didn't know how to deal with pressure at that time. You know, you got this, you got this, you got this, you got this, maybe one thing. Sure. The multitask of pain and pressure is like, I can't yeah. breathe. There's a lot of balls in the air to, yeah. to keep balancing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so uh, she, she did that. She was like, well, what happens if you don't pay me? I was like, well, you know, I have a tech background. Signing bonuses are very easy, so I could get you that money back. She was like, all right. And, you know, set me up on the back of a piece of paper that was, you know, uh, extra, you know, some she had pre-printed on before and used it as scrap paper, wrote on the back of that. And that was our loan contract. I paid her back that because that was my goal. My goal was to see if I was in business and if I was to pay her back, I was in business. Yeah. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So, and then to secure a space. So I'm curious about what does it mean to go to a planning committee for the city and, and I guess why was that yeah. a question? Yeah, what 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 part did that play in in establishing your store and getting the space that you wanted? Well, in each city, which is each municipality, is very different. Uh, for Oakland, each license is called a zoning license. It's zoned for such and such. So, for example, if you lived in a a row of homes in the suburb, um, maybe in that suburb row there are no commercial spaces, right? So you just have residential, which is our zone. But now when you see residential with stores underneath the, say they're building up in apartments and below, you got coffee shops. Now you got mixed use, you got housing, you got commercial, uh, or some areas are designated just warehouse and so on and so forth. Or, you know, cities are looking at opportunity zones or all of these types of zonings to delineate and designate areas for a certain type of commerce. And so for a certain type of commerce, well, I wouldn't even call it a commerce to begin with because of the attitude around sex, 
you had to be so many feet from a church, so many feet from a park, so many feet from a school, and this, that, and the other. And once you get the lines drawn out from your, your direction, if you fall within that, then boom, you can open. Say if your, your thing is 600 feet from a school, say you're 601, uh, 300 feet from a church, 301 from a church. Uh, so you have it. But now if you're within those restrictions, so if it's 300 from a, from a church and you're 150 from the church, now you have to do a particular zoning to have people come through and say, do we really want this here? And so it makes it to where there's a zone variance, but then you can still operate. Just depends how they vote for you. And so we got a zoning variance to operate because we're like uh, less than a block from school. Got it. And so when when you had when you attended this planning committee uh, for the zone variance, you mentioned that you had a vision and that that really touched people and ended up having because you were fulfilling it in such a way that, you know, people even came back and apologized. So uh, what was that vision that you've maintained and, and fulfilled beautifully? Yeah, I think it's just, you know, professionals and just giving place, people a safe space, you know, regardless of if they're buying or not, giving them a safe space to ask their question if they're not too, you know, unnerving. Um, and also with respect to the community, you know, I know sex can get ugly for some and people are very testy when it comes to prostitutions, which I love. Um, but I just also think it's for from us being visible in the community. You know, um, yeah, you could come in and open the store all day long, but here's the thing, I didn't have the money. You know, when you got big money, you don't have to be there. You got more money than time. I have more time than money. Sure, so, yeah, okay. So, yeah, some of us can resonate with that regardless of what you look like, but yeah. you, you got more time than money, it's like, I gotta put in the time. And also, this is the kind of world that I want to live in. I want to live in a world where people say, hey, you know what? I need a job. And I look around, it's like, all right, when can you start? Versus the, oh, let's do this. And, oh, you know, such and such, come on in. How, how long you need a job for? Okay, cool. You know what I mean? To to give opportunity, to give opportunity. Good, good work with it, but opportunity, easier. Yeah. Um, and and with, your, with your inventory, as you've been... I mean, how do you, I guess I'm curious how you find inventory or, or what, what you decide to carry because there's so many different brands um, and there's so much, so much to do. So is there an emphasis on, on a particular, you know, type or, um, yeah. I think the emphasis is on just something, there's a reason why I carry everything. Like someone commented, they were like, hey, you know, check out Fillmore. You know, they really put their thought into everything. I put my thought into everything. Like I know that you can do a fulfillment website, load everything up, send off the orders to that particular business. I, I know that for sure, you can do that. But there's something about what I, would I even really buy that? Sure. You know, would I would I really even buy that? And I know it's it's been a long, long time coming, but it takes a long time to really build up to 
the bottom and the middle tier because the top tier is always going to get into the magazines. You're going to really see that easily. But, you know, I actually, I'm going to show you. Yeah, please. (laughs) It's right here. So what I do is I go through all the magazines. I have more, but I go through all the magazines, rip out the pages and say, okay, this is something I want to do. This is something I want to bring in, or this looks like such and such. Maybe I can take that off, put this on. And I finally, finally learned what buying looks like in Mm. not just ordering, but buying and really switching out the inventory during this COVID time. It's, We've had products like you heard of Big Skin? No, I haven't. Yeah, it's a it's a type of dildo. Very nice silicone, premium silicone. They do hand pour. However, um, I put an order in right before COVID hit, but COVID hit there first, so their shut state shutdown hit first. And they were like, "Hey, we know we got your order, but we can't fulfill it." And um, in not fulfilling it, I had to switch the entire product line to be able to sell something because if I depended upon that, I was selling something I never was going to get. Even even right now, even right. if I had to order in because of what I was ordering, it's so expensive that I wasn't gonna be able to get it back in time to get it to consumer because it had to, you know, they, they hand pour. So if the whole world is buying big skin, right? You know, so now it's like, do customers even remember big skin? Because once you buy a dildo, you just bought a dildo. And if I have something comparable in material and skin, you're like, I'll take that. Right. And it's a different price point. Right. Um, So just talking about two things, I'd love to get into COVID a little bit and and how you adjusted and how that affected your business, since I know it was massively impactful on small businesses. (laughs) Um, But in terms of like the things that you take out like those 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 pieces of paper from the magazines what draws you to a particular you know um a particular product or a particular brand like what are you looking for I am looking for uh profit margin and also I'm looking for a true win-win for the consumer and in us. Hmm. I think, you know, you can always look at something as a, a win for yourself or something that, the you know, you're like, I, I got to have that even if I don't make any money on it. But if we're looking to really get towards livable wages for small businesses, we definitely need to look at things that are good and also bring value and value for your money, but also something that's going to help us, one, pay the rent and also make sure we pay our team. Right. Because you, you can't just, if we were, like, people will contact us and like, hey, um, can you price match this? And they're looking on Amazon. I can't price match because that doesn't pay wages. I'm not, I'm not looking to easily sell products. I'm not saying that's not easy. I'm not looking to uh, compete with Amazon. I can't compete with Amazon. I'm looking to provide a livable, uh, livable business for us. Right. And then in terms of, yeah, I I imagine just touching on Amazon, I mean, and I know that I'm guilty of the ease and the price of ordering, right? It's just they've made it so convenient so that Jeff Bezos can become a trillionaire, um, you know, so much so that we're, we're, we're funding his, um, his wealth. But in terms of COVID, 
Uh, how did that affect your business? And, you know, I, I did, I heard a lot about, especially within the sex industry, sex workers within the industry were having, were, were getting barred from getting loans, from getting access to unemployment. And so did you encounter any of those issues in, in terms of what the government was offering for help? Or was that not an issue? Uh, yeah, it's, it's always going to be an issue. You know, you don't get what you need. It's just, it's just sex, the sex industry. Mm-hmm. It's always been that way. We've always experienced things financially as far as like credit card machines, credit card processing, because we're a certain type, you know, like that part right there, even PayPal, I just had to take I just canceled PayPal because my cousin was, she's a boutique owner as well. And she was like, you'll be fine without PayPal. PayPal is for people who don't trust someone else. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And PayPal is handling it on your behalf if something happens. She was like, you could deal with credit card now. You've been around a long time. People get to find you. There is enough content to let them know who they're really dealing with. So I was like, F it, because they censored three items for us. And I was like, I you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I want to keep all of my customers that have built our business. And if I took those three things off, then the men customers I have wouldn't have any place to go or, you know, or the women wouldn't be able to get their, you know, like enhancement peels. You can't do enhancement peels online. It's just like, well, why? You know what I mean? What's an enhancement peel? A pill, uh, enhancement peel is just like, Oh, pill. uh, Pill, pill, yeah, pill, just to, yeah, just to help you stay hard or whatever. But, you know, you don't want to have to compromise your business. All of a sudden, after 11 years, I've been using PayPal. Now I got to decide in one day to let it go because of three products. You know what I mean? So just to clarify, in in terms of like you were using PayPal on your website and within the store in order to a website. Okay. In order to complete a transaction and they were censoring what you were able to sell through them? Yeah. Yeah. That's something that I had never, and there were other credit card companies that are, that also have that, you had that issue with, or are you saying, no, just PayPal. PayPal. How does PayPal have any connection to like knowing what you're selling? Well, they're saying it's only a user agreement. I didn't look at it. You don't know until they call it. Of course. They're like, hey, you got until the 25th to fix this. And, we just said no. We're we're gonna we're gonna keep moving forward. And I was very afraid, but it seems like orders are still coming through. Yeah. So I I want it to work that way. I want it to work where if it's not there, it still works. So sure. I'm happy it's still working. Yeah. And so then through through COVID, were you did you stay open at least online? And are you open again now for for walk in business? Curbside. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, well, that's amazing. I, I am, I've thoroughly loved your story and I, I think that there are so many interesting facets of this and, uh, I, I hope that people will continue to buy and everybody who's listening can buy some products. Um, how do they oh, find uh-huh. you? Yeah. How do you, they can, they can you- find us everywhere at feel more adult, uh, on all social media platforms. And they can also find us on the web at feelmore510.com. Amazing. Uh, Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for coming on and and sharing so openly and awesomely. I'm really grateful um, to be able to share your story. So yay. 
boy. Boy, oh boy. Boy, oh boy. Thank you so much, Nina, for coming on and sharing your story. Uh, if you are buying products, um, sex products, please support this person. Please support uh, the company Feel More Adult. Um, yeah, uh, I, th- I think they mentioned at one point, you know, how much care they put into each item that they bring into their collection but uh, you know I, I, this is the time to support small businesses and particularly black owned businesses so uh let's all let's all do our part and get dildos at the same time Woohoo! yay <laughs> um as always please follow us on social media for updates to converse keep in touch uh, at finding my yum podcast on both instagram and facebook you can email us at finding my yum at gmail.com uh rate review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure to share this particular episode with 71 71 people 71 fellow fans or soon to be fans soon to be fans yeah i i'm super excited about the conversations that i've been able to have mm-hmm. uh particularly in the last couple of weeks and and the the conversations coming up so we would love for you to share and give us feedback and any uh potential guests i've actually gotten a, quite a good a, quite a few uh amount of um suggestions and a couple of those people are going to come on so uh i'm really open to those and um i do reach out and, and try to connect so yeah stay a part of our community Woohoo! stay healthy stay safe we love you <laughs>